Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. So welcome back, Novello Nation, to another episode of the Aaron Novello Podcast. I have with us a serial entrepreneur, a very successful serial entrepreneur in the real estate space, Mr. Brian Charlesworth. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us and with the audience. Oh, my pleasure, Aaron. Absolutely. So you have a very interesting kind of journey that you've taken uh, that began based on what you shared with me kind of in technology, found your way into real estate, and then now into technology that serves the real estate space. So perhaps maybe you can share briefly, you know, that that journey. Yes, I would love to. So um, I actually grew up with a dad who was in real estate, um, oh, wow. actually owned his own real estate brokerage um, and did a lot, ended up doing a lot of commercial real estate as well. Uh, and then Anyway, I always wanted to be a, an entrepreneur, really. So I, I was in college working for a telecom company, um, got out and felt like, I just felt like I was getting capped on commissions. You know, the great thing about real estate is you don't get capped. You can, if you sell $100 million, you're going to make, you know, 3% of it. So uh, you can make your 3 million. Whereas in the job I was in, I was capped. I was in my early 20s, but I was still capped at a, at a commission of 300 grand a year. And I was like, why am I capped at a commission of 300 grand a year when I'm bringing millions and millions of dollars into this company? And so I left and started my own telecom company. So, so anyway, that's kind of how things got started. I was about 27 years old when I, 26 years old when I started my first company. Um, I had that for about a year and a half and ended up selling it. And then I started a company called Talk2 Technology. Talk to technology did a lot of the things you do with Siri today and with Google and Alexa, where it was voice internet. Um, we were, however, in the tele in the cellular networks. So uh, every cellular network in the U.S. and many outside of the U.S. had Talk to technology in their platforms. Which what we essentially did is we enabled 3G services to be on the networks back then were 2G. So we en enabled 3G capability in a 2G network. And uh, anyway, after that company got acquired, I went and um, started a few other adventures, but I ended up coming into the franchising business. Yeah. And in the franchising business, um, I started a small investment fund and we bought, we, over an eight year period, we bought one company on average a year. So not, not like most investment companies where you're making an investment every month or every 60 days, we were doing one a year. So, um, but one of the companies, the first company actually that we acquired over there was a company called Housemaster, uh, Housemaster Home Inspections. They had about 230 franchise locations at the time, and we grew it to about 400 locations across North America. And um, then uh, anyway, I, I tried to buy a company called Budget Blinds, ended up partnering with Budget Blinds, left my investment company and actually partnered with Budget Blinds to acquire a bunch of businesses under their organization. And then we sold that about three years later. So to make a long story short, actually it was 18 months later. 
but to make a long story short, um, when that sold, my wife, who runs a real estate team, and at that time it was a real estate team of five agents, said, why don't you come help me grow my real estate business? And so I committed to do that for a year while I was figuring out what my next venture was going to be. So that's how I ended up where I am today. Uh, and jumping into her real estate business, I saw a tremendous opportunity to, to build something this industry really needed. And that's how I, that's how, that's how CISU was born. That is awesome. So that's so interesting. So really at your core, right, uh, from a very early kind of uh, age, you recognized that you wanted to be an entrepreneur and truly are a true entrepreneur, meaning that you build things with the intention uh, on selling them and exiting. And you had multiple times successfully, which I think is very interesting because that's a lot different than the way a lot of agents think. They don't think about it like you can build something that you can essentially sell. And you, yeah. and, and real estate's a little bit harder to sell your business than than a technology company. Um, yeah. yeah. If you get a real estate business, this is just my opinion, but if you get a real estate business producing at the levels to where it's making you a million, $2 million a year, why would you sell that? Just you're only going to get a three X on real estate. So you might as well just keep it rolling forever, right? Hire someone to run your business. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, so have it become like a, you know, an additional flow. And then like you've done move on to other opportunities, perhaps within the value chain in real estate or something of that nature. So exactly stick to what, what you're good at things, you know, and if you're in real estate, there's so many opportunities of branching outside of that. So yeah, so I'm curious. So you had this like very unique background of, you know, early kind of startup businesses and then exiting those businesses. And I'm imagining dealing with very large numbers. So how did that benefit you when you actually got involved in the, you know, kind of hand-to-hand combat of selling property? Because you did that for a little bit, correct? Yeah. So when I when I jumped into real estate, um, my wife had a small team of like five agents and they primarily were working, they were buyer's agents. She was, she was generating leads for them, giving them leads, and they were going out working her leads and bringing in business. And they were, they were closing 120 to 150 homes a year, maybe something like that. And um, anyway, she really asked me to get in and build the listing side of her business. So here I am brand new to the industry, brand new to, you know, knowing anything. And I, the first thing she told me and I told her, we told each other is I need a coach. If I'm going to learn in, in, you know, if I'm only going to be here a year, maybe two, I need to learn in 30 days what most people take, or, you know, six months at least what most people take years to learn. And so we had a couple of coaches. We had a business coach and then I had a real estate coach. Real estate coach actually was a Mike Ferry coach, Jared Zimmer. That's how, that's how I got introduced to you. Um, Jared, uh, I mean, that dude did a hundred listings a year, right? So I'm like, yeah, I need to learn from someone who's doing this. And so um, jumped in and worked very closely with Jared Zimmer and uh, just, he, he taught me how to, to build a listing business basically. Yeah. And how to list property in high volume. Yeah. So- yeah, I remember you shared with me that uh, you didn't know anybody who did more than Jared. And then we had a conversation. You're like, oh, man, like you're, you're listing actually more properties than he did. Yeah, yeah. So, and I at guess the time, curious. I mean, at the time, I was blown away by his numbers. Here I am brand new thinking, you know, geez, 20 listings a year would be great. Right? Yeah. And somebody doing 100 is like, whoa. So that's yeah. interesting to me that you intentionally in your mind thought, I'm only going to be doing this for like a year or two years. Is that right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and was that, so that's fascinating to me too, right? Uh, is that you went into it saying like, okay, I'm just going to learn this with the intention. Was the intention in your mind to like systematize it or create a situation? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I wanted to just help systematize and automate and do all the things we could do to her business to really take it to the next level and get it to where she has all the tech in there that she needs to move forward. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, and that's a marriage between those two, right? Cause that's how you can add value. You bring those two together. So you knew the tech space and you had to learn kind of the hand to hand combat, like how you do that as far as pre-qualify and then go percent and like that whole process and how that works. And then you could come up with a system to streamline it and make, have there be less friction involved. Is that right? Well, for any of you that have a coach, um, you know that your coach asks you for numbers every week. And, you know, um, sure, Mike Ferry had a numbers analyzer, which was essentially a glorified spreadsheet, which it allowed me to go put my numbers in weekly. You know, I spent an hour on Sunday nights doing that so I could get with my coach and not get yelled at, right? So, but the reality is, in order for me to put those numbers in, I had to go back and look at a piece of paper that I manually striked every conversation, right? So off of a piece of paper, I was taking data, putting it in that. And then even above that, that was just for my coach. But for my wife's business, we were doing this for all of our agents and we were making them track every piece of business, every, you know, how many open houses, how many conversations, dials, all that stuff that leads to an appointment. And so, and then from the appointment to signed under contract closed, right? So at that point, uh, I mean, we were doing this all in spreadsheets and Google Sheets, making it go from turning daily numbers into weekly numbers, turning weekly numbers into monthly numbers and monthly into annual numbers. And then how do you get the agents to record that information? Well, it was a challenge because getting agents to look at a spreadsheet that they can't even really understand and get them to log in and record their numbers, that's a challenge. So we started sending out smart sheets, Um, which I don't know if you're familiar with Smartsheets, but it actually sends a spreadsheet out and the things off of a spreadsheet in an email so they can just click on that and fill in the blanks that they needed to do. So they could put their numbers in every day by getting an email at 5 p.m. and filling that out from the email. So it was automating it a little bit, right? But it was still a a huge challenge. Um, So what we did is we built an app that was the first thing we built which allowed you to track all of those same numbers, but from an app that you have in your phone with you 24 seven. And so, so, so in other words, like it developed really out of you because you were physically doing this and manually transferring data from sheets of paper to like a spreadsheet. And I'm imagining with your tech background, you're like, this is crazy and efficient. Like this is not. Yeah, exactly. There, there is a better way. And, and I was looking for a better way and we kept expanding on it, but, but it didn't exist in this industry. So, so anyway, I mean, the only, the only better way would be Salesforce and Salesforce is very, very expensive. And, you know, you really need a full-time person to just manage your Salesforce if you have Salesforce. Yeah. We, I've, I know a couple of uh, kind of colleagues who have built that out and a, it ends up being much more expensive than they initially kind of thought it would be. And then B, yeah. as you're saying it's an ongoing, you know, kind of expense to continue to maintain. Yeah, so in my in my six years now in the industry, um, I have met three businesses that use Salesforce. All three of them, one of them a brokerage, two of them large teams. 
All three of them have spent over a million dollars building that out. One of them, the brokerage, over $2 million. Wow. And they spend over a hundred grand a year just having someone on staff to maintain it. To maintain it. That's so interesting. Now, that brings up my next question. So, so what I think is fascinating to me, again, because you have this unique perspective, it's almost as though you were seeing through, you had the ability to kind of have these glasses that n- most people don't in the real estate space. It was a very kind of uh, aging industry and you brought that kind of, um, knowledge to it. And you saw like, oh, wow, this is not efficient. And then you built this app, right? Which was really for yourself and for your wife. And then realized yeah. like, oh, like this works. And yeah, then- I mean, we yeah. saw well, almost all five of our agents, their their production pretty much doubled that year. Wow. So, yeah. and, and, and I guess from your perspective, like what was your thought process behind why that was doubling? Just because they had the power of the data and the information in their hands or because they could access it easier? Or what What do you think is behind that? It's positive accountability. I mean, why does everyone hire a coach? For positive accountability. Um, so this allows team leaders or even people who are really, you know, self-driven, self-motivated to hold themselves accountable or to have a team leader hold you accountable Rather, and I'm not saying we replace coaches because, I mean, most coaching companies use our platform today um, because it's a great way to just hold people accountable in a positive way. It's not about my goals. It's about your goals. So what is it you want to hit? Well, what do you need to do to get there? Oh, these are the steps I need to take to get there. Well, if we'll hold you accountable to those steps, you'll hit that goal. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's like an additional, it's like a tool uh, because I see the coach as kind of providing um, you know, not only guidance, but also kind of mental maps or particular strategies or approaches or dialogues or things of that nature. And what the software allows you to do is to add on a layer of accountability uh, to that kind of instruction. Is that right? Exactly. I mean, I was going to so many masterminds. And if you go to a mastermind and you see, uh, you know, I was hearing people say, well, I did a 50 million in volume last year and I did a hundred units. And then someone would say, well, where are you at this year? I don't know. Yeah. That, that was the common answer at all these masterminds I was going to. I don't know. They didn't know their numbers this year. The only reason they knew last year is because they had filed their taxes and they actually, you know, knew what they did. Yeah. But, but they, they don't know that on a real time basis. Yeah, which is not real business. I mean, you've been involved in real businesses and they can tell you to the minute where money is, like how long phone calls are lasting, like all that sort of thing. So I guess I'm curious, like um, with kind of some of the changes that we're seeing in our industry, why do you think now more than ever having access to data in one kind of dashboard that you can look at on a regular basis is becoming not really like uh, optional, but really a necessity? Yeah, so many reasons. (laughs) First of all, if you're going to be a leader, um, most team leaders or broker owners started as real estate agents. So how do you become a great leader? Well, you need to have the systems in place to be a great leader. And that's CISO empowers you to do that. And that's why I was like, we that's why we absolutely had to put this in place. And that was the first piece we put in place. And now we've evolved from there to where, okay, well, if you want to compete in the real estate market, you absolutely need to be efficient. So do you, how do you manage your transactions contract to close? Is it efficient? Is it, so CSU that now can happen within CSU as well. Um, how do you do your commission management? How do you do your document management? 
those are all very important pieces which can happen within CISU as well. But then getting even to a, a maybe a more obvious point, if you know your numbers, if you have everything in front of you, now you can make smart decisions. And I think this is maybe even larger than the first two items is being able to make decisions on your business. Most people who set a New Year's resolution forget what that New Year's resolution even was within 21 days. Why do you think that is? They didn't write it down. They, they can't look at it. You know? They didn't write it down and they also don't measure it. Even if they did write it down, they don't look at it every day. Mm-hmm. They don't measure it, so they forget it. It's the same way with anything. Any goal that you have in life, you need to write it down. You need to look at it, and what you focus on, you can obtain, right? So um, first step is let's let's write it down, right? Let's get it in there. So if you if you are doing that, and let's let's take that goal now, let's take that New Year's resolution and put it into real estate. Now, if you have a real estate goal and you know what that is and you set that at January 1st or you set that in December and January, this is what I'm going to do. How often should you look at that goal? Oh, every day. Okay. Most people would say once a month. <laughs> Most people who are listening to this podcast right now would probably thought to themselves monthly. Yeah. Um, if you look at it yearly, you're able to make a pivot or an adjustment or a switch once a year. If you look at it monthly, you're able to do that 12 times a year. If you look at it weekly, now that's even better, right? That's better than monthly. Now you can make a decision about 50 times a year and a pivot and get yourself back on track. But like you said, Aaron, if you're looking at that every single day, if you miss one day, let's say you want to do 20 conversations, you want to have 20 conversations a day, and you know for every 100 conversations, you get an appointment set. So every no is worth as much as every yes, because you know your stats. Well, all of a sudden, if I only made 10 appointments, if I only had 10 conversations on Monday, the 1st of January, well, the 2nd of January, I know I need to make 30 to make up for that. Mm-hmm. And so I can pivot on a daily basis. Um, if you're not measuring it, you don't do that. Okay. Yes. It's totally so, true. Like what I wrote down as I'm listening to you is you can't change what you don't measure, right? Which is just exactly that. Yeah. And I also wrote down, which I thought is very interesting, you know, this idea that um, having all the data at your disposal actually allows you to lead, right? And it, it, it gives you the ability to not only hold people accountable in conjunction with the software, but it also allows you to provide vision. Right? Yeah. No, I, I don't know if our listeners are if this is something you're listening to driving or working out, or if you happen to be on YouTube watching this, but if you're on YouTube watching it, there's a dashboard. Okay. So all your numbers are there. You could, that could be for a certain agent. You can see that at any level in the business. And like you said, you should never have a meeting with an agent. If you're a, if you're a team leader or broker owner, you should never have a meeting with an agent without having a dashboard leaderboards, having their business in front of them, their goals, you know, every, what, what leads they have in every stage of the cycle, all of that should be in front of you so that when you're leading these agents, it's a business discussion. It's a numbers discussion. It's facts. It's not, it's not emotional. (laughs) Do you want to manage drama or do you want to manage a business? And if you want to manage a business, that's how you do it. Yeah. 
that's a hundred percent true. And like, well, the other thing I wrote down as we're talking is like when the, when the player is the coach, the accountability is weak. So yes. if somebody's trying to play and kind of sell real estate and then they have some buyer's agents and they're like, you know, they're not, they don't have a system to kind of follow up and see what's going on. They're not really to ho- able to hold people accountable at a high level. And I can just imagine being in a meeting and just saying like, how are things going? <laughs> Where It's like, yeah. you don't have any data and information. It's like, look, you've had X amount of leads. Here's how many conversations you've had. Here's what's in the pipe right now. And then you could begin to come up with a plan based on that to help them to accomplish the goals and objectives, which is going to help everybody. Yeah, Aaron, imagine that discussion versus someone comes in your office. Well, tell me, how are things going? Oh, well, you know, I've got this thing going on at home with my wife or my husband and my kid. I mean, you don't want your conversation to go there. Right. It's focused on, it's not on why you didn't do something. It's what did you do? How can we help get you to the next level? Yeah, so that that makes total sense to me. So I guess I'm wondering as you kind of saw this, you saw it all together. You're like, wow, like this, there's a huge need for that. And then you built it for the team. How did it go from that to now? I think you have like 15,000 clients or something of that nature. So like, talk to me about that trying to transition and that ramp up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's harder than most people think, which is why most people don't do it. You've got to enjoy that process or just don't do it. Um, that's that's what I enjoy in life is that challenge and just the grit and being able to take that to the next level. So, um, you know, it really started as a sales performance management or sales accountability platform. And then what we found is we had such great data in our platform that we needed to do more. Um, So it was accountability and knowing your numbers and dashboards, but we also started with gamification. So being able to do sales challenges and stuff like that. But then it was, okay, now you have all this data, what can you do with it? And so, um, you know, it's the, and this is the only point I want to hit on here, but like knowing your ROI on each lead source, so many of you guys are spending so much money on things like Zillow and, you know, whatever else today, there's, you know, whether it be um, Google pay-per-click or there's a dozen other companies that you guys are spending money on. And so, um, I mean, if you're spending that kind of money, know how much it costs you per closing on a deal. And not only that, but if you have a team of 10 agents and like your cost per closing might be $2,000 for a certain lead source, okay, Maybe you need to look at your splits on that type of lead source. Or even better, why not know which agents are converting those the highest and give those types of leads to those agents who convert them the highest. So all those types of decisions you can make if you have the data. It's so fascinating. So like what I'm aware of, and I'm so glad you brought that up, is that, um, you know, as you know, I don't need to tell you because you're firmly rooted in it, that there's a lot of kind of a seismic shift happening in our game and in our industry. And there's a lot of very tech savvy, uh, sharp elbowed, very well-funded competitors that are pushing into the space. And what I think is very interesting is um, one of them that I know does a really good job with data is Homelight. And they're giving out leads and doing exactly what it is that you're describing, right? Which is that their platform and all the data that comes into it is basically figuring out who's the best at converting leads. And once it figures out who's the best at converting leads, it starts to funnel more of those opportunities to those individuals because there's kind of a mutually beneficial relationship there. So 
the insight that just came from our conversation is like, wait a minute, if they're doing that, then as agents individually, right, particularly, you know, if we have some leverage, we should be doing the exact same thing. Yes, you you have to do that. If you're spending money on leads, you absolutely have to do that. I mean, you will see your conversion ratios go through the roof by giving the right type of lead to the right agents instead of just shark tanking everything. Yeah, which is uh, it, which know. is interesting because again, there's like this, I feel like, uh, I know you've done a lot of Tony Robbins and you know how he talks about those three individuals. You need the artist, the manager and the entrepreneur. You strike right. me in our initial conversation right now, you're purely an entrepreneur, like in the truest sense. Like you're yes, I am. all in, <laughs> push it all in, like let's rock and roll, right? Yeah. And I'm aware that, um, you know, you need all three to do something pretty special. Right. And most agents, they're like, they're just thinking about doing deals. Like they're thinking about getting a listing. Right. And like, here we are talking about like, like we need data, right. These numbers, because what I'm aware of is that the game is moving towards volume. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's going to be interesting to see in the coming years. I don't know. I don't know how many standalone agents will really be out there um, unless they're producing at really high numbers. Um, because they won't be able to compete. I mean, yeah. it's, you're already seeing it. But the, the great news is for this industry, I mean, so many companies have come in and tried to displace the real estate agent. And, you know, I could name dozens of them, but I'll talk about Zillow since just last week, they announced that they're now starting their own brokerages, right? So they they went from trying to displace the agent to working with agents to now they're becoming a brokerage. So I think the fact that everyone knows is getting the lead is not closing a deal. Getting a lead is, is a portion of it. And in my opinion, um, getting somebody under contract is about 50% of what we do as agents. And then the other 50% is getting it from contract to close. Yeah. Which in my opinion, if all you did was have sellers go out and connect with buyers and that was happening all the time, 80% of those deals would fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Without somebody who's skilled in between to manage it. So what I wrote down, which I know to be true, right? Cause I see that. Cause as you know, yeah. separate from residential resale, I also coach agents throughout the country is that no matter how you're getting the lead, it always comes down to conversion and conversion exactly. has to do with not only speed, but also has to do with skill, right? Being able to ask the right questions in order to, you know, get us to a specific destination. So that's not going to change. Now you said something which I thought was really interesting, which I agree with, by the way, is that, um, the standalone individual agent doing 10, 15, maybe 20 deals a year. Why do you personally feel like, you know what, like that, the time on that is shrinking. Oh, there's, there's so many reasons, but I mean, one is they just can't compete the efficiencies and how to service a customer. You've got to be able to service a customer at a new level today. And if you don't have these efficiencies and the automations, I mean, Part of what our platform does is automatically notify people of every step along the way, what's happening when, and all this kind of stuff. And if if you don't have the systems in place, you're not going to be able to compete with that. Um, if you don't have a team, if you don't have a support team around you doing playing different roles, you're not going to be able to compete ultimately. Um, commissions are going to go down. Uh, so, you know, that that stay-at-home mom or person that does this as a side hobby, they're going to be gone. Um, so there's just a lot of lot of different reasons. Um, just the, the competition and the way things work and the way to generate leads, it's it's all changing every day. So there's, 
There are dozens of reasons why I feel that way. Yeah. And I agree with all of them. So I wrote down two things that really stuck out at me. One is that uh, I had um, somebody from Modern Ventures, which I know we have a, you know, you, you were involved with that uh, yeah. on the podcast and they shared something which I thought was really interesting. And it made sense to me is that technology is changing people's expectations. And what's interesting yeah. is like when we push a button, we expect certain things to happen. <laughs> Yeah. So when you're sharing with me, like how these automatic updates, I, I, what just popped into my head is like, you know, we ordered Grubhub yesterday and I get a text message when it leaves, a text message when they're 10 minutes there and a text message when it arrives. Yeah. So that, that, that you just described, Aaron, we are currently building right now. CISU is more for real estate agents and their vendors. And we're moving into including the vendors at a much higher level. And also the, the client, the consumer, they should have a view. If you say these are the 45 things I'm going to do to get your home sold, they should have a vision of where you're at in that process. Yeah, like a dashboard in itself for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's something that we're currently currently in the process of finalizing. Working on. That's terrific. So um, you mentioned something which I agree with as well, is that you see as time progresses, there'll be kind of compression, right, on commissions. And we're already starting to see that as, you know, people are kind of with referral fees and the cost of sale going up and things of that nature. So that's another reason why things are moving towards volume, because the only way to make up for the compression in net is either to sell more or to be more vertically integrated. So you own more pieces of the value chain, whether that be like owning like a portion of the brokerage firm or having a downline if you're with like a KW or an EXP or um, owning part of the title company or part of the mortgage company. Is that how you see it unfolding as well? It is. I, I agree with everything you just said. Um, absolutely. You're going to want to do those things. Um, you're going to want to, you're going to want to find other ways to leverage the business as a team owner or business owner. I think another shift that might happen that you didn't mention is I think there's a good chance that a lot of these businesses are going to go from paying commissions as a percentage to paying a salary plus a bonus. Yeah. Um, so you're going to see more and more of that as well. I, I think the top agents probably will not experience that as much, but some of the agents that aren't performing at, at uh, you know, the levels that, that others are, will probably migrate to going that direction because if they get down to where you're getting 1% on a transaction, which hopefully it doesn't get to that, but if it does, you know, who, who's going to be left, right? <laughs> yeah. The only ones that'll be left are the ones that can do that at scale. Like you do like, you know, 8,000. Do that at scale or, or like you said, you also own a mortgage company and title company. And the great thing is being the real estate agent, being the realtor on the transaction, you're the first one in. You control from that point, every other vendor that participates in this transaction, mortgage title, home inspection, home warranty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunity there for anybody in real estate, even if commissions are dropping. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Now, the... The other thing I want to talk to you about, because you mentioned that Sisu, which is the company that you're the C founder and CEO of, it also does, not only does it kind of capture all the data and the information, so you can have this dashboard and have intelligent conversations and make better decisions, because you can see this information uh, at your fingertips all the time, but it, you, you mentioned that it also helps with transactions management. So can you talk to us a little bit about how that works? Yeah, absolutely. So, um 
you know, as, as part of tracking data, you have all the data in your system. And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to track. I don't want to track. Well, you'll find it'll make your life way easier if you do. But as much as can be automated as possible, we're going to automate. So you're not going to have to pull anything in from, you're not going to have to add things twice. So something that's in your CRM, we will pull it into Sisu. Well, because of that, our customers are like, well, you have all this great data in here and you already have all this data about my vendors and about my transaction and all my deadline dates and you have all this stuff. Why don't you just do my transaction? Why don't you just, we need task management, commission management. You know, we actually started with commission management, but uh, commission management, task management and document management are now three things that we do as well. And our focus there is really just um, the reality is, is with your CRM, which I hope you all have a CRM, but with your CRM and with CSU, you now have a full lead to close platform that will manage your entire business, including not only helping you manage your salespeople from a sales performance side and accountability side, but also managing your TCs from an accountability side. And who else has leaderboards on how many transactions or tasks TCs are completing or being able to go to a board and see every transaction that's overdue and which TCs have those overdue. So just to, to manage your business at a whole new level uh, is really our focus. And um, so I don't know, I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a big part of what we do is not just making your sales team more efficient, but making your admin team more efficient. Yeah. So it sounds like, like the task management would be what traditionally, cause I know a lot of agents, what they do is they have like bolt on technologies. So they have like, so, you know, like a Trello or Monday or something like yeah, that. Like Trello, you know, which have task management and then they might use, you know, like a CRM, like follow up boss. And then they might like, there's all these little bolt on pieces. Right. And yeah. I guess the challenge is, is that, Typically, most of those technologies, they're not integrated and they don't speak to one another. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're running a real estate business and you're using Trello, Trello is a great platform, but you're putting in all that information, it's redundancy. You're putting it in one system and another system and another system, and there's no reporting. There's nothing you can do with that data that goes into Trello you can't gain any insights on your business. All you can do is manage the steps of a transaction going from contract to close. That's so interesting. So like what I'm kind of hearing you say, Brian, is that like the goal and objective here is to build out, it started off with data and information. Yeah, and which is still our core. I mean, that's still the that's core. Still yeah. Our core. yeah. And what we're adding to it though is task management, commission management, which is kind of, you know, like how would, because I know you're intimately aware of too, of like, you know, what uh, at KW where they're building out command. And it seems like a lot of those functions is what like CSU ultimately would do just in one place. So for those people who may not be with KW, it would serve them to be able to plug in and have all of that at their disposal for not that much money. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, if you think, if, if you wanted Salesforce in your business, you're going to pay millions of dollars. If you want CSU in your business, you're talking about, anywhere from a hundred to a couple hundred bucks a month, probably. Yeah. Right. So, um, and, uh, getting all that. Now you say, if you're not a KW, like we have so many KW teams in our business and, and I don't think KW will ever replace what CSU does. Um, they're doing pieces of it, but KW's main focus has been being that CRM, 
And so we are set up to integrate with KW. We're in KW's marketplace. Uh, KW is working on their APIs. As soon as they have APIs, we'll be able to communicate with KW's uh, platform with command, just like we can with Boomtown or Commissions Inc. or you know any of the others out there, Follow Up Boss, whatever. Um, so, so anyway, um, I mean, we we really view like command as being another. Uh, if, if you have command, you should absolutely have CSU, right? And, right. Because it's just like a CRM thing where you guys can you can just pull data from it and do what you do. Yeah, I mean, command. I, I know. I mean, KW has been working on command for a long, long time and there's, you know, I'm sure it'll come out in pieces, but I, I don't know. I don't know very many teams today that are really leveraging it at a high level. No, that's true. Uh, that's been my experience as well with all the people that I work with. Most of the people are still with very much so kind of bolt on pieces, right? And they figure yeah. out how to get those pieces to speak to each other, whether it be with like a ZP or something like that, like sending information from one place to the next. Yeah, in fact, the uh, a lot of the people who are in the command um, hub that go in there on a daily basis that also run Teams, they also use CSU. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's awesome. So, I guess I'm wondering, like, uh, if you were going to kind of tell agents out there who are, you know, producing at you know meaningful levels and looking to scale, like. Again, just kind of a, a takeaway from this conversation, moving forward, what's the thing that they need to know about data and about having it available to them? And why is that something that is like, they just have to do it? Well, I mean, if you're just talking agents, um, and I say just, what I mean by that is not a, not a team owner, not a business owner, but an agent who's in production, what do you need to know? Well, if you're buying leads, you need to know your conversion rates. We already talked about that. Um, as far as which lead sources, where to spend your money, that's a really important decision. But even more important than that, you need to know, like, across the board, where are your strengths and where are your weaknesses? Where, you know, where are your conversion ratios at 80% and where are they at 15%? And where they're at 15%, that's where you need to work on your scripts, your presentation. You know, you need to, if, you're, if your listing conversion rate is down at 20%, well, let's figure out your pre-listing packet and your script. And, you, you know, when you go into the listing, are you, are you showing up and trying to brag about yourself? Or are you finding out what's important to the, to the customer, right? Yeah. <laughs> and asking the right questions. So um, that's, those are the things you can identify when you have numbers in front of you. That is awesome. So perfect. So so where can people find you and where can people find Sisu if they're interested in doing a demo or just, you know, seeing what it's all about? Yeah, if you want to find Sisu, just go to sisu.co. That's S-I-S-U.co, not .com, but .co. And um, if you want to reach me, you can uh, feel free to email me, uh, brian at sisu.co. So Brian with an I. Awesome. So listen, Brian, again, I know your time is super valuable. I appreciate you carving out some to uh, spend some time with your, uh, with us today in the audience. I know they're going to get a lot of value. So um, thank you. And I look forward to talking to you real soon. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me on the show. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.